This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Future of the Business World podcast. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. We're exploring the future of the business world through the eyes of teen entrepreneurs and innovators. As the world constantly changes and evolves, young trailblazers are embracing the entrepreneurial mindset and finding ways to solve problems and understand emerging trends. We've met some amazing future business leaders, and we want to introduce them to you. Jiro Noor is 16 and a high school student living in Jakarta, Indonesia. Jiro, welcome to Future of the Business World. Thanks for having me. So Jiro is living at the intersection of technology and business. His various entrepreneurial endeavors have leveraged the power of technology to quite literally help the world. Before we discuss that bigger impact, though, we need to start by looking down. Jiro, your coding life began with a shoe collection. Tell us about your alias as a sneakerhead and how you use technology to build a sneaker community in Jakarta. All right. Uh, thank you, Diana. Uh, so, like, initially, I, uh, as since I was a kid, uh, I really love collecting sneakers. But to be a sneakerhead in Indonesia, it's difficult. See, the problem is uh, in Indonesia, many sneaker retailers such as Nike, Adidas, they are hesitant to sell the trendy sneakers desired because they don't believe that there's a market in here, but like they're wrong. So if I wanted to buy rare sneakers like Air Jordans, I would usually have to wait until the school holidays, like spring break or even summer break. Like I've, that's pretty long. So, and But whenever I'd get the opportunity to like travel overseas to Japan or New York, I would like get the sneakers, the sneakers I want and bring them and bring them back. Uh, so when I needed like money, just cause like I wanted for my, uh, cause I wanted savings, I would start selling these sneakers. Now in, uh, initially I sold some of these sneakers overseas uh, on Instagram, but then I realized that the sneaker heads in Indonesia like me are also doing the same thing. So I decided that why not I use like my love for like coding to connect them all in one platform through an app. And this app is known as like beam.id. Fascinating. So how many sneakers have you sold through this app? Tell me a little through bit this, more about the community. So like through this app, I've sold about like 200 pairs of sneakers or like 250 if, if you count the ones I've previously sold on Instagram, which is like a lot. And uh, how many do you have in your collection? Oh, in my collection, I have about 100 like close to 100, like it's not exactly 100 yet, but I think I'm getting there. You must have a big closet. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favorite pair? Uh, my favorite pair is the Nike Hyper, uh, the Nike Hyper Adapts, mm -hmm. because it's a self, it's one of the only self-lacing sneakers. So it really uh, captures the beauty of uh, form and function. So. Um, Nike believes that it's going to be like the future of uh, self-lacing technology. And I believe that it really captures the beauty of it. Great. It sounds like sneakerheads around Jakarta are very happy that they have your app. <laughs> <laughs> so you. actually, you've gone on to build other apps. Um, 
One of them has more of a social impact that connects farmers in Jakarta directly with consumers buying their products. That's really a departure from, from what we just talked about, but what really sparked that idea and how has it evolved? Oh yeah, so like um, initially, like I'm involved in a lot of service ac activities in school. And uh, one of the service clubs I do, uh, we like, build like homes and like provide like education, like all the basic necessities. So just one day we were set out to build a, like a better irrigation system for uh, farmers in West Java. Now, after, I after we successfully built the irrigation system, I noticed that although the farmers have a lot of crops, their houses are still in poor living conditions. Now that doesn't really make sense because if you sell a lot of crops, don't you like don't you really have more profit but turns out in jakarta like it's different because the when the farmers sell these crops they they sell through something called like a farmer corporasi or what we or what's translated in english as like the corporation or coalition now these farmers um now these farmer coalitions they take a lot of profit and they like they act as middlemen to like big retail uh those supermarkets so having them serve as middlemen they control like the prices now farm like so even if so i noticed that like farmers they couldn't reap what they sow which is i say it's unfair so i figured out a way that the best way is so initially i thought that the best way was just to cut the middlemen and have farmers directly transport there um crops to like the supermarkets but then i realized that even with the transport cost the farmers still wouldn't be making much profit so uh, i had to change the idea from selling to supermarkets to directly selling to individual household consumers um, so that's how why i created an app so these uh farmers would work with what we call uh, indonesian street vendors or grow bucks these indonesian street vendors would transport these um these uh, crops to the local community. So I pr promote the idea of a local produce, local use kind of uh, system. So that's what my app hopes to do. And have you had a real impact on the farmers? Do you actually see that they're earning more money? Uh, actually, I did. So all, like over the month, I've had like 20 farmers in like 20 farmers from my local community sign up. And they're they're actually earning much more money because they sell like they don't have to sell in bulk so they sell like what they like what what they produce like yeah and what like is what's the, what's demanded like they sell it and then like so now these um so like now the profit margins per crop is so much more and what exactly is the main crop in jakarta i'm just curious the main crop in jakarta uh it can range from like rice to carrots to uh broccoli to uh, eggplants so like it's a lot in jakarta because uh, our main staple is based on like vegetables okay so why do you feel generation z is so interested in making a social impact i hear this a lot this triple bottom line this idea of social entrepreneurs so that you're not just making money but you're also giving back to the community or or helping the community in some way do you feel as though your generation is particularly oriented this way Oh uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Like now that social media is available, 
like for example like we at, at first we had whatsapp facebook instagram and just when we thought we ran out of social media tiktok like tiktok came up so uh, these platforms are really used like wisely by people to like spread like urging problems and uh, now so like may, uh, many of these social media users are mainly generation c as you all know it so like they they number one have the power to utilize this these platforms and they get like outreached from these platforms as well so that's why i believe that a lot of the generation z they really want to have a profound social impact let's move for a minute from coding and app development to a different type of technology uh, you've also been able to use 3d printing expertise to have a very profound social impact. Uh, we've heard a lot about 3D printing these days. Groups all around the world have used their printers to make personal protective equipment during the coronavirus pandemic. You've been using your 3D printing skills to help children. Can you tell us more about your passion for 3D printing and how you turned that into a club helping the community? Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, initially, my love for 3D printing was just when in uh, I was just trying to make things, so I uh, I I started off with, like with a basic three D printer, and I tried to like make things that I couldn't like find online, or like import. So that's how I started. But then uh, now that I lead a school club that focuses on three D printing, uh, I like I understand like the real problem. So in Indonesia, many of the children they do not have limbs. So and even if they did it would need frequent replacement due to growth now there is no affordable solution for like a real prosthetic and 3d printing would be a much better cheaper alternative for these children and uh so using my club i uh i, I gathered like children in need and i uh, used like an ipad and lidar scanner to scan it and then i built a and i used cad software to build a 3d uh, so a 3D modeling out of that, and then I uh, I use uh, I scour online tech blogs and everything to figure out how the assembly works, and after that I have to custom I have to bring them back and fit it with them, and sometimes these like like it's not a one step process. Even if like uh, even if like it could fit in their arms, sometimes they would have like trouble moving it. So it requires like a lot of, so much like adjusting. So that but that's the that's why I love it. Like it's dynamic, like there's a thrill of it. Can you tell us a story maybe of one child that you've helped? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so this one child I had, I helped, his name was uh, uh, Sumar Sono. It's an, it, it's an in Indonesian name. Uh, so uh, Sumar Sono, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was helping his dad work at a plastic factory. And when he wanted to turn off the plastic machine, like it wouldn't stop. So he had to do it manually on like the machine, like it wouldn't do on, on the lever. So he had to do it manually on like the machine engine itself. When he tried to do it, something went wrong and uh, the blade cut his arm like above the elbow. So he was actually one of the most difficult, uh, his arm, his prosthetic was actually one of the most difficult uh, ones to like design because my regular prosthetic, it depends on the elbow for movement. So like how it works is that the elbow acts as a hinge and whenever the person con like moves back, 
then the uh then the lever would contract and would uh, move the fingers like in a fist position so, but like uh, sumarsana did not have an elbow so i had to uh i had to figure i had to design a whole new prosthetic model that relies on the shoulder instead so that when his shoulder moves then the fist could then the fingers could also move and uh he's actually ha really happy about it uh since he's a child i got like uh i used uh like an art to make it like uh iron man so uh that was one of my most successful yet most challenging prosthetic i've ever made oh that sounds great you must be so thrilled to have that do you get to see it again uh, after, after you do the work uh no sadly because of covid-19 i actually did not get to see him so that's see him again that's which is unfortunate but i do have his number and uh he actually took a picture with me last month he, he actually took a picture of the arm for, for me last month and i was like happy to see it oh that's great well something to look forward to once we can get back together again how do you describe the power of technology it's been so influential in your entrepreneurial endeavors so how would i describe the power of technology it's actually one phrase creative destruction <laughs> now you might wonder like what that is like creative destruction like that's a weird term i would say but it's it just captures how much businesses evolve so just like my example from 3d printing uh there's not uh businesses are constantly overtaking each other and superseding in order to lower inconvenience costs and like 3d printing technology like that does the same thing it lowers the manufacturing cost so i use that as the perfect opportunity to help children who have who needs their uh, prosthetic frequently replaced due to growth and uh i ho i hope it does the same thing with my sneaker a uh, uh, sneaker reselling business in Indonesia it's because it i i i hope it overcomes the the stereotype of the non-retailers so like they, it would force them to actually see that it, we in Indonesia like we love sneakers too please deliver some of those trendy ones we love you know so yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely if you could change one thing in the world jiro solve one problem what would it be Oh, that's a challenging one, honestly. Uh, but I guess it would be the unequal access to education. Now, I believe that every child and every like every person has to have an equal uh, opportunity in education so that they could like expand their potential. Now, we couldn't do this right now through what we know as an age of digital divide because still a huge portion of the human race they don't have access to like technology and i believe that with the power of technology we could definitely reach more people get more information out there and definitely use it for some good and edu and like education okay jiro let's wrap up with our future of the business world lightning round what is your favorite app other than your own i would say that an app that's really been useful for me this year has been google jamboard so it's an basically an interactive whiteboard where teachers and students could uh, write on them as well as like annotate easier so it really helped me a lot especially with online learning and it's a really good way to like take notes 
So that's why I like it. All right, question two. What is your favorite company slogan or tagline? I think my favorite would have to be from Apple. Apple's uh, slogan from 1995 to the year 2000. So it's just think different. So initially it was like a counter to uh, uh, IBM's slogan think, but it really encapsulates the values and visions that the Apple CEO, uh, Tim Cook at the time, as well as the uh, founders, like how they wanted to brand themselves and that's to be different. So while not a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of the computers have the same boxy design, Apple tried to minimize that with like more rounded curves during the time, which is pretty cool. In a word or two, how do you define success? I would define success with two words, from, uh, which are resilience and perseverance. So why I say that is that, why perseverance? Because no matter what, you always have to work hard and that doesn't change for any startup or any success. You like you have to work for it. Well, resilience is like knowing when to change paths. That's what I believe. Like you can't just be perseverance, perseverant without being resilient. So that's why I say combine those two. It's a great formula for success. What is your favorite emerging business trend? For this one, I think it has to be virtual reality. So I think virtual reality has been really emerging. Uh, has been really big, especially in 2020, especially with all those uh, spec bumps, uh, cameras on your phone have now phone cameras could have like 120 megapixels and could really capture something, a, a, a photograph as good as a camera. So uh, using the VR technology as well as the uh, gyroscope from the phone, it's really an, uh, like a powerful way to both learn and have fun. And finally, what business person would you most like to invite to lunch and why? A person I admire the most and would really love to invite to lunch would be, I would have to say Elon Musk. Why? Because he's known for his conventional, like challenging the way of conventional thinking. From back from his PayPal days, people didn't think that cryptocurrency as well as like online payment would succeed, but yeah, he challenged it. And right now I would want like I would want to discuss with him how he manages to evaluate which uh, waves and trends to ride on. Because if you look at his like portfolio, it's he's like recently he just did like Neuralink, which is like brain to brain connection based which is pretty cool. But like his all his ventures aren't like that related from like SpaceX to like Tesla to um, PayPal, like I want to know what he thinks before he jumps into a certain venture and how to evaluate risk because he has he seems to really have a good knowledge on when to get the first movers advantage and that's really helpful. Terrific. Jiro Noor, thank you so much for joining us on Future of the Business World and best of luck with all of your endeavors. Thank you for having me. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.